Podcasting from Astrolab Studios, this is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast where we revisit sci-fi, fantasy, and just plain weird shows that have faded from the collective consciousness and didn't quite make the impact that they intended. This week, Space Above and Beyond, episodes 14 and 15. It was approximately 17 meters, equal distant tri-wing, span 10 to 15 meters. Angle of attack was much more pronounced than standard enemy attack spacecraft. I did not detect any indication of the craft's position on my SA-43 LIDAR, and I believe that it is capable of broadcasting false information. The craft had a fuselage. It was bullet-shaped, and I didn't get a very good look. However, the nose had been marked. Writing. English and a crude human skull. Could you discern its message? It read, Abandon all hope. Welcome to Continuum Drag, the podcast that is recording remotely from Jordan's farmhouse in parts unknown this week. I'm Luke, here with my co-host Jordan. What's real, Jordan? Well, <laughs> we were talking earlier, and I was going to start with saying I have, a, I have a bit of a sore back, so if I was a chiggy man, I would definitely not be bending over. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, right? It's very good. Thanks. Uh, but also, this is our first time, uh, as we were saying last night, this is our first Slumber Party episode. Yeah, Slumber Party edition. Very exciting. Yeah. We're not wearing pajamas, though, unfortunately. All right, Jordan. I understand you have some housekeeping for us before we get started. Yeah. Well, it was a few things from uh, some comments and some emails that came in um, from some uh, some listeners. And I just thought I'd go through quickly of uh, some of the comments they made of some mostly just mistakes that we've made. Go for it. Um, I can't wait to hear what they are. So I wrote them down. In one episode, I referred to the Crypt Keeper as the Grim Reaper. Oh, really? Yeah. But I don't know. I don't even know what episode that was. It must have been Justice League because that guy was in the Crypt Keeper from Justice League. Was he? Anyways... It, it yeah we call him the crypt keeper you in one episode referred to aaron taylor johnson i believe it was a one where we were recasting a movie and you said you thought he'd be oh, good i yeah. think it was a harsh realm it must have been a harsh realm anyways you uh called aaron taylor johnson aaron tyler johnson which i think is really who cares well but. i mean i'll apologize to the super fan out there i'm sure they've got posters on their walls and it was really irritating uh you used uh the phrase in one episode gas to the metal which is not a phrase as the phrase is pedal to the metal but i think the same ideas you know you get the idea i think there's a few episodes where i mix up acronyms or euphemisms and then uh, just like that acronym euphemism i don't know what anything means um and then this one i think i mentioned this to you before uh off the air but it's it's not really fair because it's just your particular accent which we all have and you call green lantern green lantern and green lantern yeah see you're saying trend not green lantern that's just, but, but, yeah, Green Lantern. Green Lantern. <laughs> oh, wow, you can't even do it. It's just an accent thing. You oh, just weird. have, yeah. Is that how a lantern, don't you, it's, no. Lantern, you say lantern. But is it something different than a lantern? No, it's the same, lame, same thing. It's just oh. how you pronounce it. Oh, weird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so again, not really a fair note. It's sort of like saying like, hey, you English person, you call it a hobby-nobby or whatever. You know? <laughs> I do call it a hobby-nobby. Yeah, hobby-nobby. <laughs> 
Oh, and then the last thing I had written down was, um, which has been pointed out now by several guests and other people uh, listening, that we constantly called Wong Wang and Wang Wong, and we never know what we're doing. And I, I'm sorry. I, this is, I think this is more my mistake because I have a problem with, with names. Also, I don't care. Um, so those two, <laughs> those two things combined. But uh, yes, one is Wang and one is Wong. Which one's which? Uh, Wong wrote the show. Wang's the star. All right, I got it. No more mistakes from here on in. Easy, easy. Easy. I think I saw one in an email about Doug Hutchinson? Hitchinson? What's his name? Hutchinson, I believe. Doug Hutchinson's Chucklebot. He, uh, I think we, at some point, were talking about what he was in the X-Files, and I think you might have called him Combs? Oh. Coombs? Tombs. But yeah, apparently it's Tombs is the right yeah. name. I mean, yeah. what are you well, going to do there? And speaking of uh, Wang Wong... Apparently, uh, some people are upset that we've been calling her a damp house occasionally instead of dampus. Oh, dampus? Well, I think that, that might fall under the pronunciation once again, or our accent. I, I honestly, I know I'm doing it, and I just, I'm just lazy. So I'm just going to call her... It's easier to say damp house. I'm just going to call her dampy. Dampy. Like wanger? Yeah, wanger, dampy. Wanger, dampy, and the hoss. <laughs> Who's the hoss? I guess West, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's worst. That's his oh. nickname. W U R S T because he likes like sausage. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, great. So I think that takes care of all of our mistakes. We've never made any other ones. Those yep. are all of them. And that's it. And we're never doing that again. We're never making another mistake again. <laughs> all right, Jordan. What's next? Uh, well, I have a little game that we've done before, and uh, it's being adjusted slightly um, just to keep it fresh, you know, for the kids. <laughs> Gotta keep it fresh for kids. <laughs> and uh, so this segment is you pick which each of these people, uh, what their outcome is going to be. And I've changed the title to Reincarnate With, Kiss Gently on a Mission, or Send to Harsh Realm. <laughs> Try to call back to a couple of our shows, you know. All right. I'm just thinking about the, what the regular game is so I can figure out how it works, but I got you. Reincarnate With. Yeah, you're going to be there with that person forever. Spend the rest of your life. Kiss softly on a mission. Yeah. Just like Cardigan. Yeah. And what was the last one? Sending to Harsh Realm. Oh, yeah, send to Harsh Realm. The worst, fight worse than death. That's what I thought. The worst thing ever would be having to spend more time in this boring world. <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm going to go through. There's a couple rounds here. All right. Um, and I've tried my best to kind of pick characters from all of the shows. So it's not just a space above and beyond. So it's a little bit of a, a little. Uh, a oh, little, you're, it's a little fan service for people who are crossover. It's a crossover. Yeah. Um, so here we go. You ready? Oh, I'm ready. All right. Round one. Guest star. Okay. Okay. All right. Your choices are Elroy L, Sergeant Escalante, or the Neanderthal man. Wh- <laughs> which are you doing? Oh, um, reincarnate with Escalante. Okay. Kiss softly on a mission. The Neanderthal Man. <laughs> okay. That's and weird. That's a weird choice. Harsh Realm with uh, Elroy L or Chucklebot. Oh, you're sending Elroy to the Harsh Realm, huh? I'm sending Elroy to the Harsh Realm. He's too creepy to look at. I don't like it. I think I'd, I think I'd keep him with me. I'd reincarnate with him. Is that what you do? You'd reincarnate with him? Yeah, yeah. Kiss the Neanderthal still, though, right? Yeah, still kiss. Yeah, of course. Great. Makes sense. Um, well, that was done. Perfect. Yeah. Round two. Love interest. Pam, Sophie, Alice. All right, Pam was from Beyond Westworld. Westworld. Sophie's from Harsh Realm, mm-hmm. and Alice is from Riverworld. That's right. All right, great. Oh, tough one. Oh man, I know. The, the, All right, you, you know. Uh, let me just mention the. Re- I think the reason why you're having such trouble with this is they're all such poorly written characters that they're really they're pretty interchangeable. 
I mean, if I'm being honest, I'd rather reincarnate and kiss with Pam in both situations and send the other two to Hush Realm. But if I have to choose... You have to. Uh, reincarnate with Sophie, kiss Pam, send Alice to River... Not River World, to Hush Realm. Hush Realm, yeah. Or River World, I don't care. Send her wherever. Well, that's pretty good. All right, let's let's move on. This what, round. What was your... What would you uh, have done? I think I would... I think I'd probably... Yeah, I think I would reincarnate with Sophie. I'd uh, kiss gently Alice, and I think I'd send Pam to Harsh Realm. Oof, Harsh Pam. Yeah. All right, a new round. Sidekicks. Sidekicks. Sid. Pinocchio. Jerry Robinson. Jerry Robinson was the old guy right on Beyond Westworld? No, no, Questar. Questar. Oh, good thing you clarified for me. That really changes things. I even added his last name because I thought it would help, but Equester is so forgettable, apparently. Reincarnate with Sid. I knew I knew you'd do it. I knew 100% I was sure. You love Sid. I would kiss softly on a mission, Jerry Orbach, or whatever his name is. <laughs> Jerry Robinson. Jerry Robinson. And Pinocchio gets to go back to Harsh Realm where he came from. Yeah, all right. I, 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 agree. I think I agree with you on that. Nice. All right. Robotic slash alien character. Quester, Hawks, Monat. Oh, Monat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was a fish man on Riverworld. Yeah, you don't want to kiss that. I definitely don't want to kiss that. All right. I'm going to reincarnate with Hawks. I'm going to quiz- kiss Quester because he's fully functional. <laughs> and I'm um, going going off to Harsh Realm. All right. This round, villain. The Weatherman, Simon Quaid, Conrad Lowell. Which tech lord was he? I don't remember. I think he. I think he's. He might be the one who. Um, I just started going through tech. The tech lords. I was like Conrad. Yeah, yeah. He. I think he might be the one who. Is he the? He's the one who made a copy of himself. I think, I think that's right. The one yeah. I saw the play. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know what he looks like now, so that helps. Oh. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna reincarnate with Conrad Lowell. That's so weird. I don't know why that's weird to me. I'm gonna kiss Simon Quaid. I'm gonna send the weatherman to Harsh Realm. I think I think <laughs> I think I would reincarnate with the weatherman. I don't know why. It's just <laughs> funny. He's just such a useless character, but I'm like, oh yeah, I think we should spend our life together. <laughs> Alright. The final round. The hero. And we've got our favorite, Jake Cardigan, Thomas Hobbs, Nathan West. Oof. Oof. Yeah, exactly. Oof. This is a this is this is a no win situation right here. Jake Cardigan. Whatever the Hush Romo guy's name is. Thomas Hobbs. Thomas Hobbs and West. Hobbs, West, and Cardigan. And here's the funny thing. I could have used some of the other shows. I could have thrown Riverworld guy. It doesn't really change anything, right? They're all, they're all the same basic non-character. Oh, man. Oh. What's his face from Beyond Westworld? Doesn't matter. I mean, I'm going to reincarnate with Cardigan. I think he's the only one I could stand. <laughs> that's, that's a weird choice. I guess I have to... I know, I know. It's uh, like it's it's a brutal choice. I guess I have to kiss West and send Pinocchio to, or Hobbs to Harsh Realm. Would you? No, I I would definitely send uh, West. The, the way he looks now, West. What do you mean? No, uh, Hobbs. Oh, oh, Hobbs. Oh, oh, well, we're not talking about the actual actor. We're talking about <laughs> we're talking about the character. Their their life choices have very little. Uh, I, it's still hard. I guess I'll stick with West. I don't. It's right. so, those are like it would be like either way. I'd really have to close my eyes and hold my nose. <laughs> and 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 there we are. And that's and that's how we play. Uh, 
And what's this game now called? Reincarnate. Uh, Reincarnate with Kiss Gently on a Mission or Send to Harsh Realm. It was wonderful. <laughs> Good work, Jordan. I loved it. Thank you. All right. So we get into episode 14, Never mm-hmm. No More. Never No More. Let's do it. Here's the summary. While a Chig stealth fighter is killing off squadron after squadron with impunity, Vanson has to deal with a failed relationship from her past. That summary was courtesy of Keith is me. Oh man, he loves this show, huh? Keith has given us a lot. Keith. Keith, Keith, Keith. It's a very weird name. <laughs> it's like you're in a auditorium shouting for yeah. him. Keith, 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 Keith. All right. Well, it starts off with a uh, squadron, the 42nd squadron, and they're uh, headed to the Saratoga to join the rest of the 5th Wing because they've all been recalled for a mysterious offensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what happens to them, Jordan? Uh, they're pretty much destroyed immediately by. Uh, do we? I don't know if we find out right away, but I guess we can mention. You it. can go ahead. There's a. Uh, it's sort of like a new Chig stealth vehicle, I suppose you would ca- call it. Yeah. Um, and uh, what's the name of that? Well, they don't know the name of the ship, but they say, which is the big rumor this episode, that there's a new fighter out there, and they call him Chiggy von Richthofen. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's why? Good. Why that name? It's like the Red Baron from World War One. <laughs> And uh, you forgot about the most important part of the ship, Jordan. They've oh, pa- oh! It has on painted on it. Um, it says, uh, "Hold on, I wrote it." Where is it? Abandon all hope. It's got a little crude human skull painted on the front. It's yeah. real ominous. I had a question about that. So they wrote it in English. So it's clearly a message for humans, but they understand English enough that they can, like, write the alphabet properly and know the, what phrases mean. Well, they might have used the silicates to do it. That's true. Okay. Yep, I think that's what they did. I do. I do think what we're finding out though is they found I one mean, of those. They found one of those paint silicates, and they like took his fingers off, and he has like spray paint cans, and he just yeah. sprayed it on the uh, Banksy bot. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that really kicks off the episode. We've got this fearsome new villain who's out there just easily destroying hammerheads. And here's here's the funny thing about this. You've seen this kind of episode before, not even just science fiction, but they set up an um, almost impossibly perfect villain like you're like you this guy you can't beat him there's no way you can beat him and it's like but you know you're gonna have to beat him at some point so it's gonna it's gonna kind of be um a bit of a cop-out because like they make him so unbelievably invincible in this like he's just flying all around the squadrons just destroying them like it's nothing yeah i mean i didn't not buy it the one thing they've said about the chig versus hammerhead ships is that uh their ships are the uh, human ships are far more maneuverable and i just felt like maybe the chigs finally like came up with a better ship right. and now okay. the uh strategies now don't work as well i i didn't hate it i thought it was a reasonable no, I, idea. I didn't i didn't hate it either it just i thought they set him up to be this sort of like you're never going to beat this guy and it's like but you know he's going to get beaten at some point how how about the new opening credit sequence oh, okay we mentioned we mentioned this i think in the last episode i had said that i was pretty sure the hawks by himself episode was a sort of mid-season let's try to get viewers back in kind of episode and then this episode had different opening credits. And I wasn't sure if the file we got just happened to be like an overseas file, like maybe from England or something, and they had different credits, or they actually tried changing the, the opening credits to be like, let's get new viewers and let's freshen things up a little bit. What do you think? No, I, I think that was uh, a conscious choice to sort of bring in, because it is, it is a new opening credits with a voiceover from a queen kind of laying out the concept of the series. Yeah, it, it seems like someone had the note this is confusing. Can we have a bunch of narration that explains the show for viewers if they happen to tune in? 
honestly, when you watch it, it's actually not bad. It's a good prototype for what serialized television would eventually kind of do is either give you a brief recap in that or, you know, now I think what you get is a sort of a every episode starts with a quick clip show kind of giving you the information you need to know to get to this point. And yeah. You can see that in the Hawks episode. They kind of do that for tanks. And this one, they're kind of like trying it within the opening credits. You can see for a show that's really trying to be serialized, they're trying to figure out how do you bring a new viewer in or how right. do you at least ease people into remind them what happened like in previous weeks. And another thing I noticed about this, and, and maybe it's just me and maybe I'm just noticing it for the now, but didn't you feel like there was a lot more color in this episode and a lot more weird lights and things? I felt like there's been a, a slight adjustment in how the show looks too. It's sort of, because there's that, when they go, to, we'll get to it, but there's like a pool hall sort of scene of stuff. Like there's a ton of weird lights and stuff and, and they keep going back to this table that's an orange table that shoots light up. Like they've never had anything like that in the show before. It's been very muted tones. In this one, it was a lot more, not Blade Runner, but that kind of idea where there's a lot more kind of fluorescent lights and stuff around. I mean, yes, there's obviously a jump in production design. They've introduced like a new kind of bar area, like a 10 forward style hangout for the crew. And I, I, in my opinion, desperately needed. No, it's great. Uh, they had a rec room before that didn't really work. I mean, this will come up throughout the episode, but the space battles are the best we've ever had. Oh, I agree. By a wide, I, by a yeah, wide, yeah. wide margin. Uh, you might have noticed that there's a lot more squadrons. There's a bigger cast that are happening. Yeah. Those squadrons, actually, you'll notice in some of these scenes, have various sort of European accents. There's a bunch of accents worked into it. Yeah. And I was reading about this. The show was originally booked for like a 13-episode season. And it ended up getting extended because they made a bunch of international sales. I think what we're seeing is a hiatus happened at, you know, the 10, 12, 13-episode mark. And they made a bunch of sales. The budgets all went up. They're like, let's get this together. All the all the hammerheads and everything, they seem to be more in miniature now, augmented with the CG. Yeah. Like everything looks significantly better than it's looked all season long. I agree. I yeah. mean, it, 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 it's, it's a weird thing to watch a show. And, you know, as a viewer, normally you don't notice sort of small little changes, but this episode and the next episode, you're like, oh, weird. Like, things have changed. Like everything just looks a little different. I think, I think you're right. It's just the production value is just being put up. Yeah. And I mean, I think we may have seen, I think the miniature work might have gotten better or they might have started doing more miniature work mid season. But in this episode, you particularly see that clearly something, there's been a pause. They've built some new sets. They've put some more money into the production design. They put some more money into the battles. And uh, the show looks amazing. Like, yeah, it, it actually looks amazing. Yeah, it, it's aged much better because I think we were talking about it in the episode where Jane had come in as our guest. That the actual sort of in-camera practical effects always look pretty good but the visual effects like the special uh, cgi effects never really aged very well but i think these episodes have 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 a much better modern sheen to them than what we've seen previously absolutely but yeah that gets us started in this new bar set which they they're going to use constantly there's some patsy kind playing on the jukebox all the boys from the wild card are playing a game of poker with some uh, crooked zigzag poker cards. Yeah, I, I love I love stuff. Like, it's funny. I was watching and Laura's like, oh, I hate in science fiction where they're they're having the weird drinks, you know, like different sized beverages and stuff. I love that. I love that in the future you're drinking, you know, chig ale. You'd be drinking it in a weird chig stein. It's in a I, flute now. Yeah, I love that. I, I think it's great. And it's just it's like it doesn't make sense, but it just adds that little bit of fun science yeah, fiction just, fun. I, I really enjoy that. It's a little thing. I love. I know when they cut through a close-up of the cards and they're all kind of zigzagging, I'm like, pretty cool. I think this show needed... I think it was a good note. Whoever made that note, uh, I don't know if it's so much lightening things up, but it... 
I don't know. It just creates a nice world that we haven't seen a little bit of, of these just expanding this world a little bit. I, I liked it. It's less dim and dark. It adds a little bit of fun. Yeah. For sure. While the boys are playing poker, uh, the girls from the 58th, Vance and Damphouse, and the continuing to be a part of the crew, Winslow. I know. It's so weird. I was sure she was just going to be this character who was a one-off, and she's been in like three episodes, and not more. Weirdly, a welcome addition, I think. I actually am like, yeah, this is a fine character, and I actually, I, she's not in the opening credits, but I'm like, I could, they could phase her in. Yeah. No problem. I mean, it doesn't help that they're probably giving her more to do in the last few episodes. She's like, uh, maybe Dan has had in a million years, but she's like their Ro Laren. Yeah, yeah, kind of. It is very funny because they're at this bar, and I guess they have uh, drink chits. They only get so many drinks a month, so uh, they're sitting around, and we kind of get a little more of Winslow's personality because Dampus is uh, sucking on an olive because she's, as she said, she's trying to get the I last know. alcohol out of it. I loved it, and uh, Winslow turns to her and says, as she's sucking on this olive, "You're working that olive like it bought you jewelry." It was so like, oh, she's this- hor- she's horny AF, my friend. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I liked it. It was fun. And she's talking to uh, Vanson, too. And Vanson's looking pretty dour and sullen. And Winslow's poking her and being like, you got to get laid, yo. Get out there. Play the field. And yeah. uh, I-, I will say it did have a bit of fresh air to have this character who uh, is not so straight laced because all the characters it's are been all a- kind of all like. I'm dour. What about you? I'm a different kind of dour. What about you? Well, I'm kind of sad. It's like, oh man, it actually, it was a little, oh, a character who's actually saying something other than like, like, how is it, how are you today? My parents died. You're like, oh God, you know? Yeah. I mean, they've been a very chaste group and it's kind of nice just to have someone who's just like, yeah, don't you guys want to like hook up with somebody? Like, you know, it just lightens the mood. Yeah. Like it makes it feel human. It, it's, it was an, it's been a nice addition. While they're sort of chatting, a very handsome Marine walks in, a man named Oaks who uh, Vance and immediately gets up and goes and buys a drink at the bar because uh, he ha- he's not normally on the Saratoga. What did the bartender say to him? I wrote it down somewhere. Oh, yeah. He goes up there to get a drink, and the bartender's like, no billet, no fillet. <laughs> oh, I didn't even hear that. I like that. No billet, no fillet. Yeah, but so Vance and buys him a drink, and we come to learn that he, uh, they uh, had a previous relationship years and years ago yeah. and a very serious relationship. Yes, very much so. And it's been a while, though, because his new girlfriend or fiance was actually one of the women we saw die at the beginning of the episode when Chiggy Von Richthofen killed that squad. Mm-hmm. So he's pretty distraught. And originally, they don't really reveal that it's, it's Vanson's ex. Shannon goes up there and starts like talking to him. I'm like, oh, man, is Vanson going to try to like get it with his grieving guy? Yeah, I know. I thought, I thought the same thing. It was There was something weird. Like, she was in a bad place, and she was just like, fine, I'll, I'll pick this guy because he's... But, but you, as you find out. No, they have they've had a previous relationship. Yeah. And I actually think the show did a pretty good job of revealing that slowly. I thought they did a pretty decent job. It was not bad. It, you know what? That kind of thing can feel a little like adding this weird semi old romance to a show can can be clunky, but it they did a pretty good job actually. Yeah. I, I would say it didn't bother me at all this episode. No, there there I mean there's some other things that don't quite work, but I I think you're right. Overall it, it wasn't bad. And while they're talking to some some rando runs into the bar and joins the uh, joins the poker game that the other 58 are playing, which I really like. Cause he sat down with them. and He's just like he wants to he wants to gossip. But he sits down. And he's like, you boys seen any action? And Wang turns to him and says, we're the 58th. And he's like, whoa, whoa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're so famous. Yeah. They're like, well, the 58th. Are you the guys that constantly lose uh, members always when you're in rescuing other people? They're like, yeah, that's us. How many times have you gotten lost now? You guys? Yeah. Oh, every time. <laughs> But yeah, he's there basically to kind of drop some uh, some exposition that there's maybe a secret mission. They're going to attack the Chig homeworld. That's why all of the uh, squads are being brought back to Saratoga. Mm-hmm. And he also, of course, mentions that there's a rumor of a 
super ace fighter pilot out there on the Chig side, this Chiggy Von Richtoven, and mm-hmm. uh, he's kind of there to kind of lead us into this concept that, or, the, or the wild cards that there's something else out there in space. Right. Though McQueen's not too happy about it. I believe he says, uh, you sound like a bunch of old women at their quilting bee. Yeah. He's in rare form in these uh, this episode and the next one. He's in, he's very, he was real grumpy. That's true. <laughs> Meanwhile, while this is happening, uh, Commodore Ross is got a couple no-name pilots he's setting out on a secret mission to uh put a little uh, spy satellite into orbit around a planet yeah was that what they were doing yeah i think that was the point they were gonna go do that and sort of as they leave chiggy von richto and gets the drop on them and like blows them out of the sky just like like that. nothing nothing and also um i thought it was a kind of cool looking ship the chiggy yeah 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 it's it's kind of got it's like it's like a it's a little bit like um what are the the ships in star wars called the the bad guy ships like oh, darth vader flew like a tie fighter yeah it's a little bit like that but instead of having like flat sides they're kind of long pointy yeah it also, look pretty good yeah they're also kind of a little it's a little proto uh, cylon ship too maybe oh yeah that's i mean that's probably better than what i said um but no it's very good design and like works really well but that basically brings us back to the ship for uh, a huge like fifth wing briefing by uh, commodore ross and he's asking for one squadron to volunteer to go try to put this satellite into orbit since they ca- since it failed one time. Though he's not telling them yet about Chiggy von Richthofen. Here's the one thing I think, I don't know if I had a problem with it, but maybe I didn't quite understand. The whole episode, what's implied and then and told later is the military or the military or whatever that organization is, know, pretty much knows that this thing exists. For, 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 or they're pretty sure. Yeah, intelligence um, is aware of it. They're aware of it. But they don't want to tell people for some reason. And I didn't know if I quite understood why why it was a secret because holding it back didn't really help anyone. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, well, we know it's out there, but well, let's just not tell anyone but send them out there. It's like, well, you, you would want to brief them, wouldn't you? I think what it was in my reading into it, and it kind of I think this is kind of what they're trying to imply is they're aware something's out there, but they literally have had no intelligence come back about it because no one survived. So they're, they're aware something's out there, but they're afraid to, like, tell people... Because all they can tell them is, like, there's some unstoppable force out there that we don't know anything about. Right. So I think it, the idea, I think it's a morale play than anything. But it is, it does become a bit silly at some point. Because they really should say something. Right, right. But he asks for a volunteer squadron to go out and put up this satellite into orbit so they can spy on the Chigs. And uh, Oaks and Vanson both jump out of their seats. They both want to send their squadrons off to die. <laughs> so this episode is, for them for more or less, is a, is a Vanson episode. Yep. She's the main person in this. Does it explain or does it really hold up why she's so gung-ho? Like, because they, they, you know, uh, as we go through it, we'll find there's a history and we kind of learn more about their history together and blah, blah, blah. But I don't know if that ever explains why she wants to prove herself so, so competitive with so him. competitive with him. Like, I'm like, but that was never really revealed in any of the flashbacks. Yeah, I mean, maybe we can talk about this flashback now a little bit. But there is a brief flashback just after this volunteer session where we see vanson at a graduation party is that a high school graduation she was oh, at? i know i laugh my note was she hasn't aged a day yeah it's, it's that funny thing where you're playing she's probably playing i'm um, let's say 10 years before and she's wearing like her gatillion dress or whatever it is and uh and she's like looking out uh over the water at the moon yeah, in san um, diego where she lives yeah wherever it is and it's like i think they're implying it's the end of high school but what's weird about it and this episode has a weird thing with the time is that it kind of looks like it's the 1950s a little bit, like the way they're dressed and they're listening to 1950s music. And they do, they do. to be fair, they go like, it's music from 80 years ago. But it is like they're going for that feel, like that old 1950s romance that, you know. It was a theme graduation. 
Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> sure. Do you know what I mean? Though? They're going for that particular feel. Yeah. Well, they're giving you a uh, old feel so that they can cover up the fact that she's not ten years younger. It's just like, yeah. This is clearly back a ways away. So anyway, she's looking over the water. He comes over, and they're basically talking about their relationship. And the gist of the conversation is, he wants to either marry her or have her say yes you're gonna be with me forever and she just can't do that yeah. he because, proposes yeah and she's just like no i don't know what i want it's, it's not even that she says no it's that she can't guarantee that she will be with him forever he has a real problem with that and then i think they dance isn't that what happens yeah well he puts on a piece of patsy klein music that his parents got engaged to that's what he asked the dj to play when he asks her to marry him i don't i always find that kind of creepy isn't it like this is how my parents did it it's like that's weird why would you do it the same way your parents did it so isn't that what you're supposed to do? Didn't your parents teach you how to get engaged? Uh, okay. You when sure? you're a small child, they take you yeah, up. Yeah. This is how you get engaged. Yeah. <laughs> so she doesn't say no, but she doesn't say yes. And what we learn is they kind of drifted apart. So I, I think what you're seeing in this competition here between them is she's trying to prove, I think, that she made the right decision. Like, she's better off or she's right. at least okay. as good as he is. She did this because she needed to become something. And now she is something. Right. They both volunteer for the mission. And, and can I mention, do you know what the mission's called? No. It's oh. called Operation Shadow Watch. Oh, I did know that. Actually. Yeah. That is a good, good mission name. Yeah, I like it too. There's a few good missions names in the next couple episodes. Yeah, so. I, I'd read that book, wouldn't you? Sure, you saw that? that? Operation Shadow Watch? I'm like, all right, I want to know what this is. <laughs> I think it's about like elves on a mission. Yeah, sure. I'd read that. After Shadow Watch. <laughs> That's my elf. Pretty good? Yeah. It's a real golem elf. <laughs> But yeah, they both volunteer for the mission. Commodore Ross chooses Oat Squad, I guess, because they're more experienced. And it's kind of a weird thing here, but like, I guess they're missing a member. Yeah, they they say that, well, someone had died in one of the missions, so they're down a person. Down a person. Convenient. So then Manson's like, I volunteer to be the missing person then. And, <laughs> they're, like, and they're like, okay, that's it. That works out. It's like, I volunteer for the mission. You don't get it. Oh, I'll be the missing person. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. She really just wanted to play on the team. Yeah, she just wants to be there. And and so it works. She gets to be the she person. She gets to be the thing. Although it's interesting, we kind of see it just in glances this episode, but uh, Hawks is definitely jealous this whole episode. Yeah, really weird. They're, they're, I think they finally committed to be that they're like, okay, we're going to make this a thing. One, uh, one other note, which doesn't have anything to do with any of this, Luke, but there's a general in this, and he kind of comes in and out all the time, and he's kind of a bit I of a I just called him guy. the brass. And uh, what I wrote was, wouldn't it have been amazing if he was played by Philip Seymour Hoffman? Well, yes, that would have been amazing Wouldn't if he was made by Phil Seymour Hoffman. That'd be yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, anyway. I'd love that. Yeah. When we recast it. Yeah, we recast it. Like, remember that one episode where that general came by? Definitely could be played by Philip Seymour Hoffman. We're going to dig him up and put him Aww, in the show. Aw, too soon. So we jump ahead from this briefing to the actual prep for this launch of the Operation Shadow Watch. And as Vanson's getting ready to shoot out with the 58th squad, or the, sorry, the 35th squadron. McQueen takes her aside and kind of lets her know that the the brass has told him about this Chigi von Richthofen, and that they don't know much about him. And if she sees him out there, just to like abandon the mission and like retreat immediately because he's unstoppable and get back here and give us some information. And this, and again, this is the weird thing that I don't know if it really holds together because you have her going on the mission, but you're only telling her and not telling the rest of the squad. Like, how does that help at all as a strategy? Well, they swarmed a sequency. The brass was like don't tell anyone if you do you know you're gonna get in trouble but he you know he's a father to these people so he couldn't let her go out without knowing right oh yeah you're right you're right so the 35th squadron flies off on their mission in classic mighty ducks flying v formation <laughs> right yeah it really was it was it was a v and then vanson's in the middle just like a flying v you like skate down the center and then you get the goal side note that is the worst hockey strategy ever the flying v hey it worked in three movies if i was if i was coaching 
and someone did that, I would love for the opposing team to come up with a flying V. What a terrible strategy. You know, I always wished, I always wished the, uh, when they started the Mighty Ducks hockey team that they'd try that once or twice. Right. They just like, as like a little homage to the movie. Yeah. Just like beginning one, one inning. <laughs> beginning of the inning. Yeah. yeah. They, they, you'd usually try at the bottom of the fourth. Yeah. Right. <laughs> as they're flying off this planet, Vanson's LIDAR starts like glitching out. Which is like the only clue that uh, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll come to learn the only clue that Chiggy von Richthofen's close. It looks weird every time. What they're basically implying is that it has some sort of cloaking technology, I say we can use for lack of a better term. And so on their LiDAR screen, it just sort of like makes a wave. Like the computers know something, kind of know something's like an anomaly is out there, but can't read it. So yeah, that's. can't pick it up. Yeah. And that's the sign that this ship is coming every time. So she sees that. And then just in a split second, Chiggy von Richthofen appears and destroys three of six ships in the squadron. Like, instantaneously instantaneously yeah they, and they, again they're, they're doing a good job at setting this up as this thing is this thing is a real foe and the battles look really good so it works too mm-hmm. like it you're like oh i can follow the action really easily and it, yeah. it, it looks good but vanton basically immediately calls a retreat oaks has survived and one other guy we never meet i like that they never introduce us to the third guy survived. i'm like that guy's lucky though yeah yeah but they retreat back to the saratoga oaks is a little bit uh pissy about it because I guess a little bit. He's really pissy about it. I guess Vanson upset his command by ordering a retreat when it wasn't her place. It's very, it's a very silly moment. Where yeah, like, it's well. What they're again, what they're showing is that he's not really angry about that. He's angry because he has residual anger towards right. towards her. So he's he's taking this some small slight very very seriously. And they get in the fight. And what I like about the fight is they kind of argue about it. And then Hawks and West, I think it is, get kind of involved. And then. uh uh, what's his face? McQueen comes and he just grabs her by the arm and like pulls her off like she's a toddler. <laughs> and he just takes her. I don't know, he just grabs her by the arm and just pulls her and takes her out of the room. Like that's enough for you. Well, it's because she saw Chiggy Van Richter and like she walk she or he walks her directly into the Brass's headquarters where she stands over that glowing red table that like uh, like lights them from mm-hmm. the bottom in red and explains what she saw and basically confirms everything about this fighter they didn't know. Also, could you get any work done on that desk? No, it's it's just for show. Yeah, it, like it looks great, it's fun, but there's no way you'd be able to work on that desk. You'd be like, ah, guys, the lights are burnt in my face. It's when it's when you're the boss and you call someone to your office, you flip that on, just like really intimidating. <laughs> yeah, right. And yeah, she sort of fills in everyone about what she saw, and now they really have a little bit of intel on what this super fighter is that's out there. And and they and they, did they they kind of imply that she was able to take a photo of it or something, right? Because they show a photo later, and I'm like, do the ships have like abilities to take pictures? Because there's like a grainy sort of like Loch Ness monster photo of this right, thing, right. you know. I guess, like I said, this is always taking photos. You can take photos of uh, someone's psychic powers. Right, it's true. Yeah. Why can't you take photos of a physical object? You just, you don't know that the people would just be using the ships to take selfies. <laughs> on a mission. On Shadow Watch. On Shadow Watch. Yeah. Hashtag Shadow Watch. Yeah. Really bad for military intelligence. Yeah. But that's okay. <laughs> then we jump back to the bar for a little more poker. And they got the fun drinks. I actually wrote, my note was, I like the weird space drinks. More, more, more was my note. And this is really just back there because Oaks, is, Oaks the ex, is going to walk back in and take Vanson aside and put on some Pansy Klein on the yeah. jukebox. He's going to apologize, and she's going to apologize to him. They don't necessarily make another love connection, but there just seems to be... They seem to find some closure or something together. Yeah, well, they, it, and they, they, the only thing I thought was weird is they, they go to dancing real quick. Like, they're talking, and then they she just, like, in the middle of conversation, she just takes him and starts dancing. But I was like, that's a weird turn. Yeah. I mean, I guess they still have feelings for each other is the idea, but they never really sorted it all out. 
My, yeah. my, my note for this scene was, I'm bored with their love connection. Go fight that cool ship. Well, that's what happens <laughs> right now. That same rando from the beginning runs into the bar and announces that Chiggy Von Richtofen is real and that the, like, the military just announced it's true and there's mm-hmm. a new mission to go on. Is this where um, West gives that one guy a patch? Yes, yes. Because yeah. they all get together for another briefing. Do you remember what this operation was called? No, I don't. What is this one? Operation Red Baron. Operation Red Baron. Yeah, exactly. That's the elf again. <laughs> all the squads are going to go out there. They're basically going to act as bait. Like They won't know where Chiggy Von Richtofen is until it appears. And as soon as he appears, they'll just send squads at him to try to get him, basically. Yeah. Oaks, because all his squad is dead, joins the wild cards. And that, this is where it happens. Yeah. There's a, there's a, in this military, there's just a, you, it's really easy for move from one squadron from another. They're just always filling in holes. But yeah, so West goes over and is like, like, you're one of us now. And he gives him a patch. I think it's the, the wild cards patch. Wild cards patch, yeah. Which he didn't earn. Well, he's one of them now. I don't know if he is. He danced with Vanson. <laughs> yeah, he danced with Vanson. Also, we know what we didn't mention real quick. When they're fir- when uh, Vanson and that team are going out in their first mission, there's a really weird scene where both Hawks and West are just sitting, looking at them at like at like the peanut gallery, as if they're like it look it. W- I think it's supposed to be like they're like an audience member kind of watching, but it kind of just looks like they're like watching surgery, you know, from those old like uh, surgery auditorium sort of things. This but- is a a running theme of these two episodes is. There's always a shot to Hawks and West standing way in the background, just kind of watching the action, like, just, like, from way back. I know. What weird... You meant to mean those casts, like, oh, am I in the scene? Yeah, you're in the scene. You're just standing way back there just watching. You're just... You're watching what's happening. You're like the audience. (laughs) Yeah. So they launched this mission, Operation Red Baron, and we kind of jumped to this one squad. This is where we kind of get a bunch of international accents in the squad as they're flying. And they're immediately wiped out by Chiggy Von Richtofen, but this basically reveals his position we jump back to the bridge and it's great because there's like some comms guys just like chiggy von richtofen's wiped out this squad and commodore ross is like who's the closest squad and the comms guy looks over and he's like it's the 58th and ross walks up to his mic and gives this like real shitty grin he says abandon all hope my ass i know i I loved it it's so it was so cheesy he, he reads those lines like a real 80s action movie and just gives this yeah. like real like shit-eating grin. It's a very nice little moment. Right. The 58th flies in. Vanson recognizes the interference on her LIDAR. So they kind of know is, he's out there and they're not going to get ambushed. And they kind of get into the best space battle they've had yet. I agree. Oaks gets uh, damaged, but he's not out of the battle. He's kind of floating there. Chivon Richtofen's too fast for them, like they can't get him, and he locks on to Vance and is kind of chasing her through the atmosphere of this planet. Mm-hmm. And as he's about to lock on to her, Oaks flies in and like rams him with his entire ship, and the both of them like fall down to the planet, and there's a big explosion. Yeah, he he saves his, saves her life with his own. What yeah. a, what a noble gentleman! Mm-hmm. Classic Oaks. Classic Oaks. I, oh, by the way, in my notes, I keep referring to him as Oak. Oat cakes. Oat cakes. I don't know why. That's I didn't. I think I just couldn't remember his name, so he was just oat cakes every time. <laughs> remember Benson's ex? Oat cakes. Oat cakes. Yeah. <laughs> we jump back to a bar. Back to the bar. A new favorite set on the. Uh, yeah, it is my favorite set on the Saratoga, and they're kind of sitting around waiting because they've sent uh, rescue squad down to the planet Helios to see if they can find Oaks down there. And McQueen walks in, and he's got he's got news. Oaks is dead. But Chiggy Von Richtofen was nowhere to be found. He gives um, Vanson the little yellow envelope that was at the beginning of the episode. Like, basically how the military tells you someone that you are close yeah. to has died. Yeah. I mean, she's like, I don't want to see it. and But then they're like, yeah, Chiggy, still getting Chiggy with it. He's out there. Yeah. That Chiggy man did not bend over. <laughs> Much like you and your back. Yeah, I could definitely not bend over. 
you're a real Chicky Von Richter. Yeah, we're the same. We operate in the in the shadows of darkness with, <laughs> with sore backs. <laughs> that that's it for that episode. But it kind of leads us into uh, the next episode because it's not a, it's not officially a two parter. But interestingly enough, we get back into Chicky Von Richthofen very quickly. In the yeah, I, I was I was kind of surprised. So I know we're going to get into it, but it does. It you're right. It's not a two parter, but it directly takes place directly after. I thought we might get a few episodes span when they said they didn't find him, and I was fine with that. I'm like, oh good, we can come back to this. I'm interested to find out more. But uh, they get right back into it, which is fine. It was a good two parter actually. For yeah. Me. So let's get into episode fifteen. Guy, what do you think? We're back in the block smoking and joking? Hear this loud and clear, Marine. I am not your guy. I'm not your Joe. I'm not your damn drinking buddy. And I sure as hell am not a mark in a singles bar. You hear this, CFB? I am not here to make friends. When this war ends, and you go back to raise money for charity, and you're eating dogs at Wrigley, and you go back to Mayberry, I'm still going to be out here, waiting for the next one. That's why I'm here. That's what I'm good for. All right, here's the summary for episode 15, The Angriest Angel. A new kind of unbeatable chig fighter emerges, Equipped with a new source of energy, it's the prototype of a deadly weapon that could change the course of the war. McQueen realizes he's the only pilot able to confront the new threat. That summary was courtesy of Row 70. Oh, thanks, Row. Yeah. Right off the top, this episode has the most workout scenes we've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it starts right away in a, in a workout yeah. scene. Like, it really is just McQueen in his workout, and there's like a whole voiceover happening where he's talking about uh, how I don't give a damn about destiny. His character solidified at this point. Like, he's just... He's someone who's clearly has, like, emotion stuff that he's pushed away because he's just focused on being the best military guy yeah. he can be. And he, for some reason, like, in his monologue, he kind of talks about how he knows his life has been pushing to this moment, and this moment is, it's him versus Chiqui Von Richthofen. Like, he just feels like this is a personal thing. Like, he needs to be the one who gets him. Yeah. It, it, there's A there's... little unearned, but it... Okay. Yes, I was going to say, there's shades of uh, Moby Dick here, like slightly, but I think you're right. It's not entirely earned because I don't know. They never really explain why. Like, I mean, it didn't have to be so much like, oh, and it found out that Shiggy Vaughn they could have built it a little like, in the killed last his parents. Episode. Well, they could have even built a little the last episode that he hasn't had a challenge in a long time and something he something's been building it. Like, they could have seeded in the last episode. But, but, and, but you're right. That is what this is really about. He feels like he's been kind of handcuffed for a while and this for whatever reason is his is a thing he it's a reason he'd die yeah the reason to die for yeah so anyways he's training like a badass yeah good good dramatic music it definitely falls to melodrama but in a good way didn't this go back to the original opening though i was gonna say now we go back to the credits and i think they're slightly tweaked there's some new images in it but it's the old credit. They get rid of... I don't know what happened. It was so weird. Yeah, so like I... They tried it one week and decided they weren't sure they liked it. And maybe... Or maybe it, it got edited out of order. Maybe we'll see it again. That's what I was going to say. What I think is it got edited out of order. And they and I'm thinking probably a few episodes later, that will be back, that opening. I hope it does. It was a good opening. It was better than the one they have. Have we talked about... I think the opening credits are terrible. 
Yeah, they're they're. they're I, I know, and I terrible for a couple reasons. Most importantly, I don't actually think they do the show justice they at all. Don't establish the tone of the show in any way, shape, or form that makes sense to what the show actually is. And it's a terrible song that's unfortunately will get stuck in your head, doesn't it? That's funny. We talked about this earlier. If you played it for me now, I'd have trouble picking it up. Like, it, it, really? it leaves no impact on me when I hear it. Oh, I, I don't like the song, and I find it just—I can't get it out of my head after. It just—I think I just don't recognize it because it doesn't make sense with the show I'm watching. It just feels wrong. Yeah, it's not good. Anyways, we're back into the episode. Now that we kind of know it's going to be a McQueen versus Chigivan Richtoven, Richtoven, something. Yeah, like I that don't know. Episode. We kind of get into it proper. And old uh, Sewell from the Aerotech company's back. and he's, With his suitcase. He's brought his mystery suitcase from the prison planet. I can't remember what we said when he that last episode he was there. But I never thought we were going to see what was in the suitcase. But you actually see what's in the suitcase. Yeah. And again, they brought back something they only hinted at early on. This show has a remarkable ability um, for being consistent and for following through callbacks from previous episodes like a very very good job we actually talked about it too in that prison episode because there was that one scene where mcqueen and hawks look into the the mining room and they seem shocked but i didn't know what they were supposed to be shocked about and i you know we kind of just assumed it was just maybe some bad timing or some bad staging or something but it turns out they're shocked because of what really was found was in that briefcase and what was in the briefcase um it's a uh it's an ore, isn't it? Ore of some sort, but it's it's a um, organic ore. Yeah, it's essentially a dilithium crystal. Is what they what they found, right? Yeah, it's essentially some sort of fuel that can self replicate. So a small amount will last a long time, and you can use it to great effect. It's what uh, Chigivan Richtoff's powered by, and it's why he's the only one of his kind. He's like a brand new design, and they're just testing it, trying to get the kinks out. And it's and it's and they're really getting the kinks out. It's really working. It's working great. Aerotech has been working with the stuff they took from the planet, and uh, they've named it, named it after Sewell. Oh yeah, what's it called? It's like Gruel Sewell or something weird he's, like that. He's like, he's like, we named it something, and then he says it's called Sewell Fuel. Yeah, that's what it is. And yeah. I was like, name it after yourself. That's ridiculous. Yeah, Sewell and Fuel. It's like naming. It's like a nickname you give yourself because no one else calls that. He just walks around and be like, it's called Sewell Fuel, you guys. <laughs> he's Sewell trying, Fuel. He's trying to make it catch. That's my on. name. Yeah, he's like a kid in high school who's uh. Who's really looking for his thing? Yeah, yeah. He found it. Did I ever tell you? We will cut this, Luke. Did I ever tell you about the guy I went to high school with and he decided, he just came up to me one night. We were just sitting there in class and he's like, hey, so like, you know what my thing is now? Uh, I always drink Canada Dry. And that was his thing. And I was like, what? Like his thing was he decided he only drank ginger ale. And so the next day and the day after that, he'd always be walking He'd always be walking around with like a two liter thing of ginger ale, which is way more ginger ale than anyone needs to be. Because it was clearly like he was a trying to have liter. this, trying to have this catch on. And then I think he just gave up after a day or so because you can't walk around with two liters of ginger ale and drink that much pop and feel like a good person. I mean, I appreciate that it, if he had just done it by the can, it would have taken a lot longer for everyone to notice. So he went like, extreme, he's like, I'm going for it. Yeah. Very extreme, very quickly. Yeah. Anyways. Soul fuel. <laughs> yes. Soul fuel. Yeah. But as he says, Sewell, R&D has been working with it, but there's just no time for them to build a new fighter plane. Like, they can't build a new hammerhead that works on it in time to yeah. stop the Chigs from building a whole fleet of these Chiggy von Richtovens. What I think I think was fine. Like, it's yeah. it's it's a convenient it's a convenient way out of just going, well, we have one too. They're just like, we can't do Like, it doesn't run like a normal ship. It's not normal fuel. We have to entirely figure out the new engine sort of thing. And, and the I Chigs it was have fine. a small height start on us, so yeah. we can't. So what they've done, though, is they've used the bit they have to build a missile. 
and why the missile is useful is it uh, because it's self-generating it'll here's what they say it'll make a complex perpetual explosion Hmm. so it'll just keep exploding in space so they've built it and basically they're going to use this one missile they've built to take out chiggy von richtoven right which is is, you know a good premise for the episode and i think this next scene um back at the bar yes back at the bar and i know you're going to have the same note i do they're playing foosball and it's humans versus chigs foosball which is amazing and also who made that someone someone like it's like ma- being made on earth like you know it's like that classic uh like it's a propaganda thing like oh my god please send us that foosball table <laughs> yeah it's it's great and i you know it this is the kind of things i wish the show does more of and i i think it looks like they're going in that direction just fun little details that lighten things up a little bit like yeah sure have a foosball table that's got humans versus chigs yeah it's it's a really fun idea while some of the wild cards are playing this cool chig foosball we cut back, much like the last episode, to uh, Vanson having a drink with Winslow. And Winslow's is still real horny. She's so horny. I love her. She's so horny. Uh, but she says she, six months ago, booked the zero gravity chamber. So hoping that in six months she would have found a guy she could take there for a little bone down. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. What was she hoping? For, you know, for a little bone down, a fuck sesh. <laughs> okay. Sorry. And one more time, what was it called? Bone down? That's the one. Or fuck sesh. <laughs> yeah, either one. <laughs> but she hasn't found someone yet, and she's kind of complained to Vanson about it, because like, she has to go to the Zero-G chamber, and who's she going to bring? Yeah, and then she looks over, and she sees old Blue Eyes. McQueen is sitting at the bar, and she's like, I, c- I could take a ride on that. Yeah, she's like, that. he looks like he's been working out a lot and doing monologues while working out. Although she's a little worried about one thing. Oh, yeah, what does she write? She says... I know what it is. I just don't, I don't think I wrote it down. But she she says something like the little navel on his neck might I might like it might be awkward or something like that. It might just throw her off or something. Yeah, throw her off. And I was like, what were you gonna do with her? Just his neck. She just be confused that we're of his body. She's <laughs> yeah. That it was, it was like it was a weird line. And I was like, oh, that's gross. It was funny. It, it, it's to show she has some prejudices, but she's willing to overlook them to uh, get into a nice bone down. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm glad that came back one more time. <laughs> Bend over, Chiggy Man. It's time for a bone down. Vanson is... <laughs> <laughs> well, that took you a while. I uh, had to run that through my brain a little bit. Vanson does not approve of this plan, but Winslow is not dissuaded. She, like, gets up and goes to the bar and, like, really, like, starts trying to pick up McQueen. Yeah, I liked it because Vanson... Pays... I don't know if she she did this, but it was like, no, 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 this is a bad idea. And she's like, now? I think I think McQueen. Yeah, she's like, why not? He's, uh, he's a good-looking man. Yeah. She goes up and she kind of like is like, you ever been to the zero G chamber here? Yeah, she's she's not subtle at all. Oh yeah, she's she's great. She's gonna she's gonna get down to business no matter what it takes. But as she's sort of asking, of course the wanger cock blocks her. Does he? He he shouts over from the oh, that's table right. before he can answer. He's like, hey McQueen, we need another player over here on Chig Foosball. <laughs> to be fair though. What it looked like, though, was like walking up to a rattlesnake and trying to pet it. Like it didn't it wasn't going to go well for her either way. No. But when Wang kind of interrupts the session or the session, the conversation, McQueen, because he's like so dark and gritty this episode, he just explodes on them. Like he's tired of their like laissez faire attitude. And like they're just a bunch of tourists in the military. Yeah, he's it's sort of like there's a camaraderie that's been forming and they're like a group and they're familial and he doesn't want that he wants to be separate. He doesn't want to be their friend. He's their boss and he's and he's really really explodes about it in a somewhat inappropriate way. But it's I think it's it's 
everything. It's that he's he wants he's ramping to, himself up yeah. inside for this to kill Chiggy and like his team is looking, being a little too casual, which he's been comfortable with before. But it's just I think it's because he's in this dark place. Yeah. Although I do love this because he ends up exploding on them and he walks around and like kind of insults them or like kind of implies yes. like when this war's over he goes he, through each of them he, he he essentially like insults everyone in the room and then walks away it's amazing he walks up to wang and he's like you'll just be eating some hot dog at i don't know wrigley field or yeah. something and he goes up to damp house and she's just like and he's like you're Dem- gonna be Dem- raising Bruce. charity for money or you're gonna be raising money for charity i'm like well that's not an insult <laughs> she sounds like a nice person yeah but and what does he say to west easily the best one i was laughing so sorry he annihilates west he walks up to west and he's like and you'll go back to Maybury. Yeah, he killed him. And I was just like laughing so like. And West an Andy and Griffith West show just... burn. And Andy Griffith show burn. And it's true. He yeah. is like a little weaselly, pale white man from the Andy Griffith show. And he just it, like I went back and watched it again because I was yeah. laughing so hard. Like I, you actually at this point almost feel bad for the actor who played West because I'm sure he's a nice guy. I'm sure he's a good actor. Um, but the character is such a annoying character and and like you know at this point the writers know that everyone working on the show knows it because the other characters have multiple times now ripped into what a lame person he is like and it's just it's just now a thing and also i'm pretty sure he's not really the the main character of the show like when it started the show you can see that's where they were going and it's he's not anymore you could definitely see sort of post the christmas break McQueen and Hawks have started like sliding into that position. Even they try, they're given Vance in an episode. Dampoos is getting a slight. Like they really are now. Like McQueen really is strong. Let's definitely focus on him a bit more. Yeah. Like they can really tell who is clicking is in the writing room. I think I think that's I think that's a good way of saying it. But I have a feeling, not to get too far off topic, that we are going to come back with uh, um, Sophie. What's his girlfriend's name? She's oh, going to come back at some point. They'll close up that, too. And, I mean, I, I feel like the writers have gotten stronger in the last few episodes, so maybe they'll finally, like, address some of the problems with West or give him something to do Yeah, that can be helpful. They've tried a couple times and almost succeeded once, I think. Maybe he should get a, su- a superpower that never comes back, too, like Don Foose. Because, <laughs> trust me, that, her super secret power has not come back. It's true. It's it's. I mean, we may never see it again, but it was a nice idea. I kind of, li- I actually kind of liked it. I yeah. thought it was something interesting. Anyway, yeah. I digress. Anyway, that that ends it. They it's a great burn on West, and um, we uh, we move on with the rest of the show. And what we kind of see going forward is that because McQueen wants to go after this, like Chief Von Richter of him so badly, he kind of goes to talk to Commodore Ross and the Brass, and they're like, "You can't go after him because you were injured as an angry angel in the battle from the first episode." Right, and and. What is no? I didn't. I didn't catch it, and I didn't didn't go back and watch it. He has some sort of implant that helps his mobility or his balance or something. What is it? He apparently how he's injured. He has ocular nerve damage. So I think what's happened is like something in his eye and ears was was damaged in the uh, original fight. So they've installed a chip behind his ear that basically gives him back his uh, stability. Like he right. Just, it's basically like broken his stability, like whatever that is in your head, like that allows you to have the ability to walk and not fall over. He has some sort of inner ear condition. Yeah, he has an inner ear condition, but he can't fly a hammerhead with it because if he does, his head will explode. Like, like I kept thinking, like, oh, he'll be a little bit, uh, he'll be wonky on his feet. But they're like, they're like, oh no, you're gonna die, sort of thing. Well, if he flies with it in there, 
they're like your head will explode if you fly with the chip in there or something along those lines like something oh, terrible will happen right so that that's that's maybe so that i can you know what i didn't catch it at the time so i understand now so that's why he's a little bit uh gear excited to get on a plane because he's not even be able to fly yeah, he's not even able to fly and he kind of promises them he's like if you let me go after chicky von richthofen i will get it surgically removed and they're like ah. they don't agree to it but he's just like he's like it's a deal right right it's a deal and they're like mm, yeah, I don't he know. keeps pushing it and all the uh, they kind of just pa- ignore they don't answer him and hope it goes away yeah that's basically like oh, okay yeah we'll talk about it later and he's just like oh it seems good to me and just keeps going yeah. forward with his plan because he's he's so amped up actually we see a little bit now of his his home life his like little his little what do you call it? his bunk his quarters mm-hmm. on the ship and he's like it's very it's very it's not spartan but it's kind of spartan sparse sparse maybe mm-hmm there's a, he's got some he's got a copy of the Iliad. He's got some bonsai trees, some paintbrushes and books. He's a real he's a real uh, Renaissance man in yeah. his apartment. In fact, uh, Winslow comes by to kind of apologize to McQueen for trying to pick him up and sort of being like, "You're right, I was too familiar." And didn't didn't it seem like I know because what they were showing is that she's now being like oh, really professional, but it was really weird how she was talking. Like she was speaking in like the third person. Oh, I think that was because McQueen does it too later in the episode is I think that's how you speak to a commanding officer. Right. You refer to yourself in the third person and like really like subjugate yourself because later McQueen will do something similar. He's very angry, but he'll only refer to himself as like in the third person when he talks. Right, right. Anyways, I thought she was going over because they were going to have a, what kind of session was it again? Sort of fuck sesh? That's right. <laughs> a bone down? That's right, yeah. No, no, she's there to apologize. She's yeah. a good soldier. I really like it though because he uh, he puts a CD into what looks like the CD deck in my 1998 Tercel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just, it's like mounted into a table and he slides the cd into it i'm like i think that's in my car yeah it's don't don't they call them the optic discs though yeah i think they do call them yeah in the last episode with patsy klein they're like we have the whole collection on our optic disc they don't have digital files yeah it's all on the cloud yeah yeah but essentially what we learn in this scene is that mcqueen was married once before yeah they had a great relationship with this woman she wasn't a tank and they i think they they wanted to start a family and i think they were in texas maybe Essentially, though, she couldn't take the kind of, I don't know, what would you call it? The uh, racism against tanks, the like prejudice against tanks. Yeah, they're, they're basically so it's like it's like some sort of mixed marriage yeah. where they uh, he was fine with it, but it was too much on her. But don't they mention that? Like, he's like, I can't have children because of a war wound. And I wrote like, what a Hemingway character he is. <laughs> that's true i guess they're right in addition to the inner air thing he uh got a got a real dick punch in space well yeah he, he, he has a little chip right behind his right testicle that he, if you take it out it's he just if, if he tries to use his testicle it explodes <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's a bad when you're flying a mission that's the worst <laughs> oh man last thing you want to have yeah <laughs> real distracting yeah oh my god that's all over my pants mcqueen to station we're ready to go launch time pop <laughs> It just, it's a very tiny pop. Yeah. Pop, pop. Yeah. Sound testicles. <laughs> I really enjoy when, when this podcast just gets off the rails like this. I really enjoy it. Real blue, this episode. Yeah. This one is blue. Meanwhile, well, kind of this whole McQueen ink story is playing out. Uh, a fire breaks out in the Soul Fuel missile laboratory where they're putting <laughs> Soul, it together. Soul Fuel. They manage to get the fire out, though. Am I mistaken or am I correct? Does Soul die in that fire? Oh, I don't know. It seems like he's... Oh, you're, you, I think he does, yeah, because what happens is they're working on the... The missile. The missile, and they're in kind of a closed room. It's got glass around it, like yeah, a very... Like sealed... Exactly, yeah. You can see that they, they you can't have any outside elements in there. It's and a then, clean room. And something happens, and it like everything just goes on fire, and they're all screaming out the window. I think you're right. I think uh, Soul Fuel dies. Yeah, because I remember him being in there talking about... He seemed to be like... 
still doing the thing where he's like, this is a Sewell fuel missile, get it? Start using it. Start using this name. Yeah, and name. it was just rolling their eyes at him. But yeah, it bursts into flames. They all die inside. And yeah, I think Sewell's dead. There's a fire chief that comes by, like the uh, the captain of the fire squad of the Saratoga comes in. This is where that patch comes from, I bet you. The patch? Remember we talked about all the patches on the internet? Oh, yeah. One of them was like for the fire brigade on the Saratoga. And there's a woman who seems she's she's a fire investigator. She's there just talking about the fire. Right. And you've mentioned this before. Like, how big is this ship? Like, oh, it's, it's huge. I mean, you get that much specialization. Yeah. It's got to be gigantic. But basically, all this amounts to there's a saboteur on the ship who tried to destroy the missile. They're now rebuilding it because it didn't go off. It was safe. Yeah, they said they said because it they, it's kind of like it wasn't a, armed. It was a workaround. I think it's like it operates at a different heat temperature, so everything got destroyed except for the actual fuel. So they're rebuilding it, and as they're rebuilding it again, the comms in the bridge picks up someone crawling through the uh, vents, and someone remotely, I guess uh, not detonates, but um, arms the missile. Mm-hmm. And now there's a big search of the ship trying to find out where the saboteur is. Yeah. Which leads to the 58th running around with guns. And they, they go onto a transpo ship and they pull up the grating. And who's hiding in the grating? Who's our saboteur? Chucklebot. Chucklebot is back. Elroy Ray. What's his name? El, yeah. Uh, Elroy R? Elroy L. Elroy L. L. Yeah. It's great because they pull the grating off the, like, the floor. And he's like laying underneath it. And he like licks his lips at Wang. And he says... Ollie, Ollie, oxen free. Yeah, he's a real creep. He like, you're right. Doug Hutchinson can play a real creep. He's yeah. like, it's so gross when he licks his lip. It's not even like you're licking your lip like you're wetting them. He just like pulls his tongue out and like just touches one part of his lip real gently. Like, uh. yeah, he's gross. Yeah, but he's right. He's and weren't you happy to see him though? Oh, it was great. Yeah, I was really happy because they would cut to Wang's face and Wang's face was like, Whoa. yeah, Wang was feeling the same way about that lick lip that as you were. He's like, oh, I remember that. He's like, that's for me. <laughs> Now that he's captured, Wang and McQueen are, are set in to interrogate Chucklebot. Yeah, this was this was weird. Like, who authorized this? It's like, hey, remember that guy? guy remember tortured? that guy that just tortured you? Um, do you want to maybe interrogate him in a professional manner? Like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Professional, Very you professional. Say. It's kind of interesting. There's a little a little backstory dropped in here. Kind of talks about the uh, 2054 Ho Chi Minh City Convention on the treatment of AI prisoners of war. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Which is which is what he was kind of talking about before, right? Like when he was with Wang torturing him. And yeah. He, he, Chucklebot really knows his uh, the legal stipulations of everything he does. Apparently, I feel like that's what we're supposed to get from these silicates is they like they know all the rules and they like to like bend them and use them against people. Right. There's sort of this big discussion about what his rights are, and then he's like, "Oh, you guys are really mad at me? Oh, I get it. You met a different model of Chucklebot. That wasn't me. I'm a good Chucklebot." <laughs> Yeah, which at first I was like, does that work? The real problem to that lie is that he clearly has that part of his face ripped off. I'm (laughs) I'm sure there's a bunch of different chuckle bots, but I don't think they all have the exact same scarring where their like cheek is ripped off. So not the greatest job there, Elroy. Well, it's funny, too, because McQueen immediately proves him wrong by grabbing his hand and pulling his finger off where he's got his little torture finger. So it's just yeah. like, oh, yeah. And then it's really funny because McQueen starts pushing the torture finger toward Chucklebot. He's just like, that's not designed to hurt me. Why would it be? And then he touches him and it hurts him immediately. I'm like, yeah. why is it designed to hurt you? That's yeah. a bad design, Chucklebot. Yeah. yeah. Well, he tries He tries to fake out McQueen. He's like, don't even bother. It's like, oh, nothing hurts me. And it's like, oh, but that torture finger apparently hurts everyone. Yeah. And now we kind of he, he kind of gives up the goods now, and we, he kind of tells them that he was sent by the Chigs to destroy the Sul Fuel missile. 
He says that the Chigs are even aware of Operation Roundhammer, which is the invasion of the Chig homeworld. Yeah, and this is something we haven't talked about that much, and maybe it should be done in another episode where we have a little more time, because I know we're already into episode two here, but we've slowly learned more and more about the Chigs as this show has gone on, and from little hints of, like, you know, the episode of the Hawks where there was one that uh, kind of, uh, you know, they traded traded stuff and there was a bit of a camaraderie there or feeling of uh, uh, empathy at least. And there was also the, the Christmas episode where they let them go. You clearly know that they're not unthinking creatures. And not only that, they're also making, they're literally negotiating deals with the yeah. silicates and they have spies in some way, whether the silicates or not. Uh, so it's a weird thing where we know bits and pieces of the enemy, but not a lot, but they keep developing it slowly. Well, even in this, when they're talking about how the Chigs know kind of all their plans already, Chucklebot says, the Chigs have been watching mankind for a long, long time. It's like Shades of War of the Worlds or something. Yeah. Like, we don't, like, it sounds like maybe this has been going on for much longer than we even realized. So I, it's very curious. They're definitely seeding something else. Yeah. Uh, effectively, too. I'm like, ooh, what do they know? <laughs> now that this information's out... It's not enough for McQueen. He wants to know where Chiggy von Richthofen's, like, stationed. Oh, we should say that they basically, McQueen basically kills Elroy in this Well, he sends scene. Wang out of the room now. He's yeah. like, Wang, leave the room. And Wang, to his credit, is like, mm, the regulation says there should be two of us in here so you don't torture him to death. Yeah, you would think Wang would be the one, but he's, like, the, the problem, but he's the voice of reason. Yeah, he's been through it. He knows. There are five lights, or there are four lights. <laughs> Great episode. <laughs> but yeah. McQueen takes out a knife and starts like, stabbing him in the chest and pulling yeah. bits out of his chest until like Chucklebot reveals the planet that uh, Chiggy von Richthofen's on. I was kind of disappointed. I like the idea of that, but I, I didn't think it was shot in a way that I I really wanted to see like them open up his stomach and pulling stuff. It out. could have been it could have been done in a more like twenty four torture kind of way. Like, yeah, they could they could have done a little more. But he reveals like he's on the fourth planet of the Achilles system, and this is basically all McQueen knows, and it's basically showing us how unhinged McQueen has become. He's got to get his white whale. Yeah, so from this from this interrogation, he goes and gets his chip removed from his head. Which looks like a little guitar pick. Oh, yeah, it kind of does, doesn't it? Yeah. And he uh, has no balance anymore. He's, like, stumbling around like an elderly drunk. It's kind of, it's kind of funny because it's supposed to take it out. I'm like, oh, yeah, you shouldn't be flying. Like, this is a terrible idea. And he tries to do his workout, and it's a total disaster. This is where he's trying to do his workout, and you see West and Hawks, like, standing in the shadows watching him as he falls over. Yeah, and it's also, they're just such creeps. The last couple of episodes, they're always just off just watching people. Like, together, too. Yeah. And Commodore Ross calls the mission briefing for the Sewell Fuel mission to, like, kill Chiggy von Richthofen. My favorite part of that was they're like, the 58th is going to the fourth planet, codenamed Gooch. <laughs> is that what it was? Yeah, they, I'm like, that's the codename for that planet, Gooch? <laughs> All right. Never comes up again. I'm like, why did you need to give it that name? It was probably, it was probably old uh, Sewell then. Again, he was naming things. It was named after one of the grips. Yeah. Hey, Gooch. Exactly. <laughs> but... Essentially, what we learn is they're definitely not sending McQueen because he's a stumbling mess. Yeah. And there's some other dude. Did I write his name down? Yeah. Schrader is going to get the job of like flying with the missile to destroy Who's like, von Richthofen. He, and he's like the Elseworld version of McQueen. He's, they're just like another guy who's like the same age, kind of looks a little bit like him. Uh, apparently, same uh, same qualities he's, and he's credentials. He's McQueen stand-in for sure. Yeah. And just like, yeah, this guy is going to go instead of McQueen. You're like, this guy who looks kind of like him? Yeah. He's just the stand-in. <laughs> they just used him in another set. Right. But yeah, and then McQueen throws a big wobbly fit. <laughs> yeah, and I, I wrote, this is embarrassing in front of everyone. Because he, he basically, this guy is chosen, and then they have one of their, um, I guess, briefings. And McQueen kind of comes in and, like, makes a scene. Like, he's like, uh, what, what about me? And they're like, like he's like, Commodore Ross is like, 
McQueen, like, we already told you you're not going to be on there. He's like, but, but what if, what if I, I do this? And they're like, no, no, you can't. And it's like in front of everyone. I was like, oh, this is so embarrassing. Well, it's falling over everywhere. And then even his own squad, just like, mm, sir. Yeah, you, you don't, it doesn't sit, look good. Sit this one out. Like, you wouldn't want us to die out there, would you? Because you're so wobbly. Yeah. And he's like, I can do it. And he's flopping all over the place. I know. They launched the mission. And uh, this is the first time I've ever gotten all of their call signs. Oh, do, yeah. What are they? Do you want to, do you want to try to, do you want to see if you know any of them? I don't. I'm not going to be able to know them. Well, we know Vanson and Hawks from an earlier episode. Yeah, what are they? It's S- Sissy and the Square. I don't know what they are. Well, the wild cards. Oh, yeah, they're cards, right. Oh, yeah, one... Well, McQueen is like Lady Queen or something. What is it? Well, I don't know what McQueen is. Because he, he's, he's command. He doesn't get a right. one. No, no, he did have one. It was, yeah, but it was... It was uh, like, like, I remember it was not a card. Oh, right, it was Queen. It was like Queen Base or something. Yeah, anyways, sorry. Go ahead. Vanson is uh, the Queen of Diamonds. Right. Hawks was the Jack of Spades. Okay. What do you think West would be then? Uh, what kind of what kind of card? Well, I don't know. It's got to be two, a, two of clubs. It's a face card. Oh, it's a face card. Uh, he's not Joker, is he? He's the King of Hearts. Oh, he's the King and she's the Queen. <laughs> Barf. Winslow, she gets one. Oh yeah, Winslow. Uh, are they all face cards? They're all face cards. Oh well, she's. I bet you she's a Jack. Jack of Jack of uh, Diamonds. Queen of Spades. Oh, I guess they're just gender related. Although, that's going to throw you off on Damp House, though. Damp House? Damp House? Jack of Spades again, I just... Like, Ace of Hearts. Ace of Hearts. Uh, and Wang? Wanger? Wanger? Oh, I don't... I, I haven't got one of these. Uh, He's the uh, 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 Queen of Hearts. The no, Queen of Diamonds. He's the Joker. Oh, he's the... Jo- oh, classic. Yeah, I should have got that. Very... I finally got to see them all. They're all in their helmets. I'm like, oh, finally. Do you think um they had a squad and then and then they were like we need to name it something and they were just like cards have about the same number or do you think they had the cards like they just put no they're playing those squiggly poker cards and they're like this could be us right right cool although Wayne's not that much of a joker I don't know how he ended up with that one he definitely wasn't in that one episode where he was poo pooing everything anyway that's the squad names they're on this big squad mission we get to see their helmets for the first time it's the only reason to bring it up. But they're flying out in the f- classic flying V formation with mm-hmm. old Schrader in the back with the Sulfue missile. And they get, you know, arguably 30 seconds into this mission. Yeah. And Chiggy Von Richthofen destroys the Sulfue missile and Schrader immediately. Immediately. Like, it's over. <laughs> but unfortunately, Winslow's ship also gets damaged. She has to eject. And as she's floating away, Chiggy Von Richthofen comes around and kills Winslow. It was actually a very good sequence of she's damaged she ejects and you're like oh she's gonna be okay they're gonna rescue her it's like no no now she's just essentially floating in yeah, space and he's just like oh i've done yeah he just takes her out obviously she never reached the front first front end credits so we knew she wasn't a permanent member but like good work actually deciding to like build her for th- four episodes so we at least care a little bit about yeah. uh, her when she died so she, and she never got to get to the uh, anti-gravity chamber and get what her. a way to go she never used that anti-gravity thing so do you think um that reservation like if you go to book the room now they're like oh sorry uh it's already booked oh, it's this is booked it's booked, and they're like no no but she's she's dead they're like sorry i, I can't I can't help you it's booked out i don't know what to say yeah that's in the system <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i've been dealing with a million people like that this week <laughs> But yeah, Rip Winslow, Rip. Yeah. Back on the Saratoga, they've kind of retreated back, and they're preparing a funeral for Winslow. But McQueen has basically gone, like, off the edge. He's He's gone dark. They've implied that he is a little regretful that he didn't have sort of like he didn't a treat her. He didn't treat her better. Yeah, whether he didn't he didn't have the fling he should have just had, or he just he was a little too, you know. He could have treated her better. She was just trying to be a human. Yeah. She was just trying to, like, live her life, and now she's dead, and he, like, 
spent the last little bit yelling at her. Yeah, so he feels bad, and that's enough to go, you know what, screw it, I'm getting on this ship, wobbly or not. He, like, puts on his old Angry Angels gear, hat and leather jacket and all of it. Here's how dumb I am. I didn't even re- remember that that was the Angry Angels outfit. I just was like, I was like, I was like, oh, he's really getting in his black camouflage here. I forgot that it was the Angry Angels outfit. Yeah, it's their classic look. So he had that beret. He still had that beret ready to go in his... He was uh, ready to go. And he's going to get revenge. He's after Chiggy Von Richthofen because now it's personal. And he's already had his real Batman training. He's in, a, he's in peak physical condition, except for the wobbliness. Wo- wobbliness? Yeah. So as he's marching off to the hangar to get an, to steal a hammerhead or take a hammerhead, I don't know how it works. He bumps into the funeral on the way. The everyone on the way. To the funeral. It was great. It was. It was. I awkward. don't know if it was meant to be funny, but it was the most awkward thing. Could you imagine that you're supposed to be at like? It's like he he cut school and then he bumps into the class. You yeah, know, that's yeah. what it was. Well, Commodore, literally the principal's there. Commodore Ross is there. Like, oh, aren't you coming to this funeral? And he's like, he's like, no, yeah. I'm like, aren't you wearing your like? clearly like pilot outfit no yeah but uh, look over there what's funny because Commodore Ross is kind of like I don't want you to go but he's he's not saying no he's like I'm gonna let you do this but like I'd rather you wouldn't it was it was very similar to an earlier episode where West was wanting to go look for his girlfriend and McQueen was like yeah I'm gonna say no but I'm gonna look over this way it was one of those do you uh do you remember their dialogue of this section do you want to do it together I can do we could do it together you have to remind me though all right I'm gonna give you your lines I'm Commodore Russ? Okay. Yeah. Ready? That's what I say? Okay. I'll be a son of a bitch if I go to your funeral, Ty. Yes, you will. But we'll talk about your mother when I get back. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. So it's a good line. <laughs> and it gets a laugh, too. Like, uh, um, it gets a laugh out of Commodore Ross. Too. Yeah, yeah. He loves it. It's, it's, I was just like, it took me a second. I'm like, whoa, what was that? Yeah. Good, good one. Good yeah. one, you guys. Good job, writer's room. Mm-hmm. It's weird because so they have this moment and they're like, all right, he's going to go. And then they kind of repeat the beat, though, because the chaplain then stops him. Yeah, that was, I, I just thought that that was a weird scene. I was like, why is it in there? This is stupid. Well, it's just weird because they repeat the beat, basically. The chaplain stops him and says, don't go out there. Think of God. Think of your maker. And he's just like, my maker was a geek in a lab coat. Like, it, he just gets a chance to do another zinger. Yeah, and it's like, I know, it's like, but we already did it. It was such a weird, like, coda to a scene that like really ended on a funny little line and it was like that's all you need and then it's like uh, one more one more no it's like oh, got a had... greedy. Yeah, yeah exactly but yeah and now he he wobbles off like a drunk at last call <laughs> to get into his hammerhead which is like such a bad idea By clearly way, this has to be his character from now on like it's just like like weird leslie nielsen-esque sort of like comedy in the background he's just like falling <laughs> over <laughs> in the middle of very serious scenes and this leads to our final conflict he launches his ship he's a little wobbly but he kind of gets his his space legs but the Chig ship may be fueled by Sewell fuel, but McQueen is fueled by anger. That's right. He's so angry. He's just propelling that ship on anger. Yeah, they kind of have this great head-to-head battle. They're, like, flying at each other, zipping around, shooting. They're, like, getting close calls. And McQueen manages to get behind old Chiggy Von Richthofen. And using just regular old normal ammo, which mm-hmm. apparently was unusable against him, he managed to hit a weak spot in his back and destroy Chiggy Von Richthofen because McQueen's just that good yeah and, and that's what i mean it was a little bit like like you want to support and go yes like he was angry enough to go win but it's like they did set up that this thing was so difficult to fight that it it's a little bit like okay sure i mean it has to finish his little story arc but okay sure you know i mean what they might have been able to do 
is really if they had also built it like McQueen had been some sort of super ace or something like that he'd been really right. good before he was injured if that had been seeded a little bit that might have made it land a bit more which is funny because again it's a real strength of the show is how they seed these ideas and they didn't do on this which was odd they just miss it occasionally when a story beat that they could have just used a little bit of seeding and they, sometimes they're great at it and sometimes they just like were like oh we sh-. they probably were like we should have done this a little earlier right but they needed to get to the place but it, it's a great space battle like, no it is good so good like a very intense very fun it's kind of cross-cutting with her funeral so he's out mm-hmm. there and they're talking about, and they're like doing um what do you call it like a 40 gun salute yeah it's it's sort of like i know this is a little thing luke's never seen the godfather but it's sort of like the last there's a great sequence in the godfather which is michael the main character in the godfather is at the christening of his nephew i think it is and and he's you know he's giving these very religious like yes i wouldn't sin and i i will look towards god and stuff and at the same time he sent his men out and they're just it's intercut with his men just killing everyone and you realize the juxtaposition and and the dishonesty and the duality of his character and they do the same sort of thing here which is not for the character but yeah there's a, there's a solemn occasion happening at the same time he's just kicking ass out there but the, mo- the most important thing is that luke has never seen the godfather i've never seen the godfather <laughs> it's another day it's another problem for another day it's on your bucket list no it's not i'd be fine if i died of that scene yeah all right mcqueen wins the day he comes back pours himself a big glass of scotch well he pours himself by the way a excessively large large glass of scotch like i know what they're trying to do is like he you know he's really earned it and he's and uh he and he's a tough guy. and it actually is a good scene because he's mentioned before that like uh, I think I don't know if they they mentioned it before or this scene, but he's like, I'm just gonna pretend that this is like the blood of the chiggy that I'm drinking and stuff. But he pours himself an unrealistically large thing of scotch, like only an, a, a raging alcoholic would drink, like a like teacup full of of scotch. Like that's a lot of that's a lot to drink. And then and then not only that, he drinks it. Then he has the bottle with him. And he keeps filling it up. It's like holy moly, he's a man's man. I guess. <laughs> It can't be. He's it can't already be, wobbly. It's not he a, care. He, I don't know how many how many little chits he's spent on that uh, that bottle. He's gonna fall over anyway. <laughs> no, well that's not helping. But yeah, he has a glass of scotch, and he has a bit of a moment where he, you have, go back to that voiceover from the beginning, where he kind of not questions why anything is, but he's just like, you know, Winslow's dead, Chiggy von Richthofen's dead, and he's like, what's the point of any of this? Like it's kind of that yeah. remorse, that lament of the soldier. Mm-hmm. But that wraps up the episode and kind of it kind of ends there and. It was a good episode, though. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I know Winslow wasn't regular character Jordan, but, uh, you know, in the tradition of Sid Gomez, should we give her a four-word eulogy? Sure. How do you want to do that? Oh, well, I've got one prepared, so I'll give you a second to think about it. But in Tech oh, War... I actually forgot what you meant. A four-word eulogy. Holy... I got to think about it now. Yeah. In Tech War, when Sid Gomez died, they revealed that his thing was you shouldn't say too many words at someone's funeral. So you just be able to do it in four words. Eulogize them in four words. So for Winslow, here is my eulogy for her. Upgraded extra, always horny. Okay, I've got mine. I thought about I thought about it. Loved anti-gravity intercourse. <laughs> Those are good. Yeah. I God bless her. She was fantastic. I'm sorry to see her go. And you know what? I completely forgot about the forward eulogy. We really missed the chance for all these different characters that died in Harsh Realm and stuff. We should do it for everyone. Well, I, I thought we'd only use it for, like, characters we who, like, were lead characters. And Winslow doesn't quite fit the bill, but she was around long enough. Yeah. I mean, you could make the argument for Sew- uh, Sewell, but fuck that guy. Sewell fuel. Uh, yeah, any thoughts? Do you want to do the final thoughts? Do the ratings? 
Um, I thought these were, I, I mentioned to you as we were talking this week, working long hours and when you're really tired um, at work, sometimes these can be a bit of a slog to get through. And I was, I had a, one of those weeks where, you know, I was watching these late and I was very pleased that they were good episodes or these better episodes than some of the previous, because I don't know if I would have been able to get through them. And I was pleased. I think, well, we'll go through it. I like the second episode, even though I think there's some straight structurally a bit of a mess, but well, let's go for the first it's, one. They've always never landed perfectly, but these are some of the best they've ever done. I would yeah, say like well, these are, if I were going to tell right now of the episodes we've watched, these are the two I tell someone to watch. These two, really? What would you give the first one? I actually, I think it would give, even though there are some clunky bits, and I would say normally I wouldn't enjoy a past romance episode, it worked across the board for me. I'd give it an eight. Oh, I, I give it a seven. I think it wasn't quite there, but I think it was, uh, like you said, it was better than I thought it would be on paper, you know, because like it was the, the kind of flashbacks to the 1950s dance was kind of cheesy and stuff but i i thought it was a pretty decent episode. Yeah, they only did it once though and they just use it to like give you the information you needed i i honestly i really thought i would dislike that storyline a lot more than i did and how it worked with the kind of unstoppable new villain it worked for me that's why i give it an eight mm-hmm. all right what about the angriest angel you know my original review was a seven and a half but as we talked about it a little bit more, I think I even like it a little more. The only reason I think I gave it a seven and a half is because not all the elements like really work all together. Like the kind of, I think they didn't do enough with the reveal of El Ray L or whatever his name is. I thought you could have done a little more there. And that almost could have been its own episode of like him doing a sabotage thing. And some things kind of feel jammed in. So 7.5 is what I thought. But as we kind of talked about more, I think I even like it more than I did when I watched it. So I'm going to change my review to an eight. You know, I see what you're saying. There are definitely elements that are a little shaggy that don't quite work. I think it helps that McQueen and the actor who plays him is so strong. He he he's probably is the strongest of of the cast. And I think that's become evident for the people writing the show. He's able to make up for some of the shagginess or some of the maybe a little bit of slightly unearned elements because he's able to at least build something into it emotionally. I know Winslow was a bit weird with like I don't know if she's weird I liked what they were doing with her I thought it was fun I thought she was a fun character and she in the last two episodes really came into being for me as like someone I wanted to spend time with and enjoy on the show so I'm giving this a nine the highest rating I've ever given an episode because I'm like this might be the best episode they will produce of this show. Hmm. Yeah, you maybe you might be right. I think this is this the highest review I've given. I think it is the highest I've given too. Could be, could be. Um, and I quite honestly, if if someone was just like, I'm only going to watch two episodes of the show just to like get a sense of what it was, I'd be like, you know what, just watch these two. They're yeah. they're a good two parter. They're both focusing on good characters and they work. And they they're not work. the show. And I'm really hoping this is a turn. The show has um, dialed down the dourness and up the action a little bit. And I think it plays well to this kind of show or what this show could be. Um, it's not the most intellectual science fiction show, but it can be a much more fun action show. And I think when they do that, they do it well. They can bring a little heaviness in it as long as they keep that lightness on the side. It works. Right. It really kind of... And I am really hope they go back and play more Chig Foosball. Like they, they desperately needed that room and I hope they use it a lot more. Yeah. Give me some more Commodore Ross and McQueen trading barbs back and forth. Yeah, exactly. They're great together. So as we know from previous episodes, we're nowhere near using the escape pod, but I'll give us a little a little brief look at where we are uh, series average-wise, just to, just to be uh, total clarity. Mm-hmm. We're at like 6.77. That's pretty high. 
you know what if the show keeps going with this kind of quality it will it will be a shame i think the series average will be low as a result of some of the early episodes but like it's clearly getting so much better. Yeah, the show, I mean, you can really, is it is like if someone's like, oh, what would you give this show overall? Like somewhere, it's like a 6-7, yeah. you know? Yeah, I actually think, I, I'm. we talked about this last week, I'm surprised it's so low now that I've seen the last like maybe yeah. four episodes. But it's just because I think it had a lot of trouble finding its feed. Yeah. Anyway, that's about it for the show, I think, the mm-hmm. podcast. So I guess uh, if you want to get a hold of us and talk uh, more Continuum Drag or Space Above and Beyond, which is probably what you want to talk about, not this stupid podcast. You can... <laughs> how do you guys put it together? Well, how do you guys get that easy chemistry? Yeah, what do you look like? You can email us at continuumdrag at gmail.com. Of course, follow us on Instagram and Twitter where we're posting images and talking to people about Space Above Beyond books and all kinds of junk out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of stuff on Twitter. Yeah, Twitter, Instagram, we're really, really making a go of it. Better, better work than we do on this podcast. <laughs> Sadly. Thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, Jordan? See you next week. Yeah, go back to Mayberry. Aw. <laughs>